This is my incredibly smoking hot wife, Terry, <laughs> who is the mother of my four incredibly beautiful and talented and genius children. And it is my honor to have her speak to us this morning on Mother's Day. I didn't expect that, but you kind of. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you and happy Mother's Day, moms. This is, I think this is a day, you know, that I've heard a lot of moms say, I don't feel like I get honored. I don't feel like my family does what I need on Mother's Day. And sometimes um, kids forget to say Happy Mother's Day or moms have expectations of something happening and unfortunately sometimes dads forget to do something on Mother's Day. But today I want you each to know you are loved and you are appreciated and it is the unnoticed things that mean the most. I think that as time has, with Joy, almost 18, which is crazy that I have an 18-year-old, um, I think it's the little things, just being home when they're home, um, making the meals, doing the laundry. It's the simple things that I think impact them the most. So you are not neglected today. You are loved. Well, the other day I was talking to one of my girlfriends, just texting her, and I was just sharing, you know, life, sometimes you just feel like waves hit. Sometimes it can feel like ocean waves are hitting, and you you get back up on your feet, and then you're knocked down again. And um, unfortunately, this was a week that was really hard for a member of our church losing her husband. And at the funeral, the pastor shared that sometimes it's like a tsunami that comes in, and you don't know it's coming. And your fears have to face the God that you know. And it can be hard to walk things out. And sometimes you feel like you're drowning. And I had shared with my girlfriend, I just said, you know, I'm just tired and I feel like I'm drowning. And her response was, Terry, Jesus is standing by your side. You're just face down in a pothole. Stand up. And I said, wow, that was harsh. (laughs) And then I just started thinking about that. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I am in a pothole. And that's part of life. I mean, Paul told us, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because he has overcome the world. And sometimes it's just a matter of looking up, getting your head out of the puddle, taking hold of his hand, and he says his righteous right hand is right there, and he's going to pull you up and out of it. And that's not easy. Sometimes you need a whole team around you to help you get up. But I love that. And, in fact, one morning I looked at Rob, and he had that weariness, and I said, just get out of the pothole. And so now it's a big joke. We just laugh about it. So this morning, thank you, Ashley, for sharing your heart with us. And I don't know about you guys, but I memorized Psalm 23 in the King James Version. So how many of you can do that with me today? One, two, Three, four. Oh, I thought there'd be more of you. <laughs> um, the verse that I want to talk about today 
is one that uh, has really, really come alive to me lately. And it says, He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters or quiet waters. He restores my soul. And we're going to just unpack that a little bit. I love that he makes you lay down. Isn't that wonderful? He makes you do it. And sometimes it's not the way we want it to be. Sometimes it can be a health issue. Sometimes it can be a financial issue. Sometimes it can be relational issues that go on in your life. And you have to throw your arms up and say, I give. I, I'm done. I can't do anything about this. I'm, I'm going to hear your voice, God. I'm, I'm all in. So you might be able to identify with those crashing waves. And you may be feeling defeated today. You may be tired But God wants to restore your soul. So I started thinking about what is the soul made of? And we know, what is it? It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And I started asking God, can we we put that in different terms? What, What else can we process that as? So if you would open up your Bibles or your phones with me. I have my phone because I'm going to be reading from different versions today. That's the one thing I do like about having a Bible app. You can open up different versions. So I'm going to be reading out of the NIV, and we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I like this passage because Paul is addressing the church, and he's saying, he's talking about it from a we perspective. And I like that. He's addressing everybody in the church. And there's a little correction going on here. Paul likes to give us correction. (laughs) We all need a little bit sometimes. So we're going to look at chapter 10, verse 5. And he says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we... Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So my word here is perspective. And I like the we because you cannot do it without the we. We need each other. There's times where I look at Rob and I'm like, I need you to help me because this is what's in my head right now. This is what my mind is telling me. Is this true? And he'll say sometimes, no, Terry, that is not true. What you're hearing is not true. So we need to share our minds with each other. That's why we have the body, because sometimes we need good perspective. And it is very easy. I think it is it... Um, there's a, a speaker, Marsh, you might be able to help me, that says the battle begins with the mind. Do you know who that is that says that all the time? Joyce Myers, the battle begins with the mind. And I don't know if you have ever heard of Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Write that name down or put it in your phone and look her up on YouTube. She is an amazing scientist, and I'm not going to use all the scientific words, but this is what I get out of her teaching. When your mind is healthy, 
And she, she's a Christian scientist. And she says, when you live by the word of God, when you memorize scripture, and when you are healthy in your mind, she can actually look at pictures of your brain, and she said it will look like trees because your brain is constantly firing. And I don't even know what the terms are, and you guys probably know the neurons are connecting and and there's all sorts of healthy things going on that she can visually see as a scientist and can say, your mind is good. Now, on the flip side, if you are thinking toxic thoughts, if you are thinking negative thoughts, if you are listening to the lies of the enemy, she can look at a scan of your brain and she will see just stems. That's all she'll see. So it'll be like a dead tree she'll see in the scan. And she can tell you, you have toxic thoughts. You have unforgiveness in your heart. You are believing lies of the enemy. You are not standing on truth. And it has also been known that the body will respond to the thoughts of what's going on in your mind. So if you are thinking healthy thoughts and you are believing in truth, you physically can change the body. And that's scripture, isn't it? That God tells us to stand on his word and to believe what's true. And what's another fascinating thing, your voice, you trust more than anyone else's. So when you speak the words out, you not only are allowing God's kingdom to come to earth and allowing his will to be done, but you, hearing your own voice speak it, are now believing the truth. And no one else can speak to you, and you believe it the way you can. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God so cool how he did that? It is really, really great. But I don't know about you, but I need help. And that's why I love how Paul says, we, not you, Not you demolish, not you do this on your own, not you be this superwoman of a person or superman of a person. We need each other to do it. We need help. So you might have to send a text to a friend and say, I need prayer right now. I need someone to just pray. And you might not need to share the details of what's going on with you that day. And I give you all permission to text me and ask for prayer. And I will not even ask if you don't want me to know. I won't even ask. I'll just pray. But we've got to start doing that as the body of Christ. We need to start allowing each other to build each other up, demolish those strongholds, demolish the lies of the enemy. Point number two, will. And my P word for will is our purpose. And I want you to turn right now to Matthew, chapter 11. And I'm going to read out of the message with this one. And the reason I'm reading out of the message, I like the wording of it, but every year in September, when my kids go to school, I take some time for God to restore my soul. And it's a crazy time of year for me, getting four kids ready for school and buying all those expensive school supplies that some they never need. Those elect- I hate the calculator. How much do we spend on that calculator? Ugh. 
And where does where do those calculators go every year? Do you still have yours? Oh, good. I think they're like a hundred dollars or something. Oh, and they have to have them. And the smarter they are, the more expensive the calculators get. Anyway, my kids had left for school, and I have Fridays off with Rob. We, that's usually our date day. But what I like to do, sometimes I get up before the kids. Sometimes it's after our date. And my, the place where God restores my heart and my soul is on my couch. That's my place. And I can't tell you how he comes. It's very personal. Every one of us, I think, has a, a different way that he comes. I, I've used this analogy. My friend gave it to me. It's like when someone gives you an amazing cookie and you break it in half and you say, you have to try this. It's so good. And they look at you and they're like, oh, it's all right. And you're like, what do you mean it's okay? Give me that cookie back. That is the most phenomenal cookie I've ever had. The moments that I have on my couch, I, can't, I, can, I could try to share my cookie with you, but it was, it's for me. It's my time with God that I can't even describe to you because it's so personal to my heart. And God wants to meet each of you there in that place. So God gave me a cookie one day. And what I do is I ask the Lord, what scripture verses, I don't even know, Joy, if you know this, that I have verses for Joy that I have prayed over her every year. And I ask God in September, what are my kids' verses for this year? What is Rob's verse for this year? And what is my verse for this year? And this year, he gave me passages. <laughs> I didn't get just one verse for each. I've been praying passages over my kids. And wow, how amazing it is. How God has been so good to give me those as a, a word of hope, but just to speak life when, when things happen and just to be able to say, nope, this is my scripture. This is what I'm standing on. So this is the word that God gave me this year. Are you tired? Did I tell you where we are? We're in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, and I'm reading out of the message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Ah, isn't that good? I love it, and I just keep going back to it. And some of you have heard a little bit of what God has shared through this passage this year, so bear with me, those of Rob has heard it a lot. Um, so what I've been learning, have any of you had an impression done of your teeth? Have you had braces and you had to go in and get that gooey, moldy stuff in your mouth? Nasty, huh? And you can't breathe and you think you're going to choke on it? Everyone, How many of you have had that experience? It's kind of an interesting experience. Or maybe you've done a hand impression like on Play-Doh. We will not admit to putting Play-Doh in our mouth, even though we could probably tell you kids that have. You've done an impression of your hand, or you've done, um, I did a mold of uh, my dad's hand, 
And what is so cool about the yoke, some scripture references um, refer to the yoke, meaning the ox yoke that the ox use as they do their work. And it talks about how God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And God showed me that your yoke is like an impression of your mouth or of your hand or any part of you that is unique to you. So I can't carry Rob's yoke because Rob's yoke is completely fitted to Rob's shoulders. And you'll look, his shoulders are broader than mine. The spacing's a little different. I, with my babies, I always had to put blankets on because I have a bony shoulder. And I don't know, are yours real bony? No. So his yoke and my yoke are going to be completely different. And your yoke and my yoke are going to be completely different. But what our tendency is, as Christians, we look over and I say, oh, I like what Rob's doing. That doesn't even look like work. I think I'm going to grab his yoke and I'm going to carry his. And then I put it on and I'm stumbling around and I'm falling all over the place. I can't even carry the dumb thing because it's too heavy for me. And I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? And Rob looks at me and he's like, why are you doing that? You're not even meant to do that. That's mine. I'm supposed to carry that. Why did you take that away from me? Well, I thought it looked good. I thought I could do it. I I didn't think it was a big deal. Or another thing I'll do, I'll say, here, Joy. I'm sorry, you're here. I get to use you. Why don't you carry this? Because this is a good thing, and I think this would be good for you to carry. I I think this is the kind of person you should be. You love that, don't you? If I start throwing things on her, my expectations of who she is, what I think she should be doing in life, what I think her goals should be, I could take my yoke right off and the convictions I have and the things God's perfectly framed me for, and I can toss them on my daughter and say, "You you need to carry this. This is yours." What is that going to do to her? Do you think she's going to be able to carry that? No. Is she meant to carry that? No. And what God is showing me is even in the body of Christ, we'll see good things going on. You need to go visit this person. You need to go do this. You need to take care of this. Terry, why aren't you doing that? Rob, why aren't you doing this? And you might be throwing your yoke on us, or we might be throwing our yoke on you. And God's saying, what are you doing That is not your yoke to carry. I didn't call you to do that. I don't want you to take care of that. This is for someone else to do. I have somebody else equipped for that. So we need to be really careful, one, that we know our our purpose, what we are created for. So what I have learned about myself, I think some of you know this, I can be an empathetic person. I can see something that's going on in someone's life, and I can feel what they're going through. And God has shown me that I can't keep that. God may give me that for a moment where I can experience maybe a little bit of what they're feeling and what they're going through. I can listen to their story. But if I hold on to all of that, is that going to be healthy for me? It's going to weigh me down, isn't it? 
because I'm not meant to carry all that emotion. I can't fix it. So what do I need to do? I need to give it back to him and say, you know how to fix this. You know what needs to be done. Because if I take on everyone's problems, I'm not going to be good to anyone, am I? No. And as women, I think we can do this, right? (laughs) Take on our husband's problems, our kids' problems, our friends' problems, our church family's problems. And God's saying, no, I didn't want you to carry that. I just wanted you to do this. I wanted you to bring a meal. I wanted you to be a listening ear. I just wanted you to pray, Terry. That's all I wanted you to do was pray. I didn't mean for you to fix it. So we need to understand our purpose. And one thing that I'm learning is boundaries with that. Sometimes it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. I want to help you, but you know what? Right now I'm unable to do that. Or, you know what, let me take some time and think about that and pray about it. And I know sometimes we say that that's a common thing said that people use as like a cliche. But seriously, take some time to think about it and pray about it. And what God is also showing me is there are certain things that if I get involved and I take over doing, somebody that could have done it better, they're not going to do it now because I did this half hazard, you know, job of it, and it's done, and now the other person's not going to step in when they were the one to do it originally. And then we get ourselves so worn out and so beaten up, God's like, you did this to yourself, girl. I didn't have this for you. So last, I want to talk about passion. And if you would turn to Philippians... Philippians chapter 1, or no, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. And I am going to read out of the New Living Translation. So this is our, what, third different version? I love the Bible app. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. And again, this is out of the New Living Translation. And it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers, sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me do. Then the God of peace will be with you. So lastly, we're going to talk about emotions. I am an emotional girl, (laughs) I think, you know, when I feel the Lord's presence, I cry. When I feel the pain of something that someone's going through, I cry. I'm watching TV the other night. I'm all alone. I'm crying. And it's just how I'm wired. And I've learned that this is part of the gifting God's given me. He's given me discernment. So a lot of times that I, I 
I can feel things before I understand what's going on. And that can be a little embarrassing sometimes because I cry a lot. And my kids always are asking, are you crying? And they look at me all the time. Are you crying? Are you crying? Yes, I'm crying. What do you think? I always cry. Um, it's just who I am. I'm surprised I haven't cried this morning. Not yet. Um, but what I am learning, there are times, and that our P word here is passion. There are times where our passion can get a little wonky. <laughs> like that word. <laughs> it can get be a little off. And what I am learning is, to really pay attention to my feelings because sometimes it can clue me in to where my mind is and where my thoughts are going and even what I'm doing. And usually if it's related, well, I can tell you every time, if I'm anxious about something, that's going to totally clue me into the fact that I have some fears going on and that I need to address that. If I am feeling any type of sadness, and, and I'm just weary, my heart is downcast, usually there's some kind of thought in there that's not true in my head that I need to get out. If I am feeling a peace, that's probably I'm focusing on Scripture. I, I'm focusing on what God is speaking to my heart. If I'm feeling loved, there, uh, that's another thing. You know that's God. So I think it, it says in this scripture, keep putting into practice. So this is something that is a struggle. It's, I think when we asked Jesus, I know this, when I was eight years old, it was, I didn't have to work out my salvation with fear and trembling as an eight-year-old little girl. I knew I was loved. I accepted Jesus into my life. I asked him to be part of it. And it was a good, happy there was no struggle in that. It was just a wonderful experience where God came and my spirit was connected to him, and it was awesome. But where I've had to work out my salvation with fear and trembling has been in my soul. It's been in my perspective. It's been in my purpose. It's been in my passions. And I think that's going to go on for all of us our, the rest of our lives. And that's why we have to put it into practice. That's why Paul is telling us, keep putting it into practice. Because this is the work that we are, it's part of being human. It's part of what we've had, we have to go through. And, um, you know, I started thinking about Jesus in the garden at Gethsemane. And what God had to do for him. When he, he said even, my spirit is willing, but what did he say? My flesh is weak. So as Christians, I don't know where we've gotten this idea that we need to look like we've got it all together all the time. Because Jesus, before he went to the cross, said, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. So why do we think we're any better than Jesus? Our flesh is weak, guys. Our flesh is weak. And that's why we need to be together in this to help our mind, to help our will, to help our emotions. And, you know, there are moments, and I, I believe when this restoration goes on, 
as you saw Jesus go into the garden with 12, what happened to them? They fell asleep. And what did Jesus have to do alone? He had to work this out with him and God, didn't he? And there's times, and Darlene mentioned this at the funeral, that tsunami will hit you. Those ocean waves will come. You'll be face down, feeling like you're drowning, and you're going to be all alone. And it's just going to be you and God. But I'm telling you, and and Dar said this, when you call out to your king of kings, your lord of lords, he will come. And he will bring peace to those waves, just like he did for the disciples. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will calm those waves down. And your soul will be restored in that moment. And I think we just need to remember that sometimes the garden, it's going to look like a tea party. And you're going to be on your couch and you're going to eat your cookies and you're going to enjoy them and you're going to try to share them with people and they're not going to get it and you're going to snatch them back and say, forget it. And then there's going to be moments where you get cake and you get to cut the cake and you get to pass it out and you get to say, taste and see that God is so good. And I get to share this. And that's where the body comes in, where we get to enjoy the beautiful gifts and the beautiful words that God has for all of us to share together. And that's the gift we have as being the body together of Christ. So why, in closing, why is it so important that we be restored? I've been asking this question. And as I've walked out the last couple of weeks, I have seen brokenness like I've never seen before. I have seen people that I thought were okay not be okay. And I just believe that God is doing something in in the church, not just LifeQuest, in the church. And he is restoring, he's renewing. And he's, he's shaping things. He's shaking things up. And I think that there's a high call on us right now. And God is saying, I, you cannot give what you don't have. None of us can give what we don't have. So God is saying, you, right now in this moment, need to be filled up with more truth, more passion, more purpose, so that you can live what you were created to do. So he's, as I've been praying for LifeQuest, and I've been asking, what is going on? What, what are you wanting to do? And I feel like he's saying he wants to restore us. He wants to restore this body because there are people out there that he wants to bring in. But if we are not restored, he can't entrust those people to us. So this is vital for us to be restored. It's vital that we, as a congregation, Allow the Holy Spirit in. If we aren't healthy, he can't do more with us, can he? I just want to take some time with, in prayer. I know it's early, but I did that on purpose. I want us to just turn our phones off. Everyone do it. Just do it. Turn them off. And if you can't turn it off, turn it over. Just 
flap it down. Don't even pick it up. Don't do it. I want you to know you're loved. You're loved. God loves you. He created you for so many good things. Right now, some of you are anxious about some things going on in your life. And right now, he wants to come into those places and bring peace. Some of you are brokenhearted today. Some of you are hurting. And this is a safe place. I'm going to just say it right now. I'll probably be the first one to cry. It's okay to cry today. Okay? It's okay. No one's going to look at you. No one's going to shame you. If you need to cry, let it out. I also want you to know that God has a purpose for you and a plan for you. And I, more than anything, want every one of you restored today. I want your mind to be filled with truth. I want your heart to know that you are loved. And I want you to know and believe that you're created for amazing things. So right now I'm going to have Thomas play a song, and you you can, I know we don't have a place to kneel, but I thought, you know what, if you want to turn around in your chair and kneel, go for it. If you want to sit in your chair, sit. If you want to sing along, I think the words will be up here, I can't remember. You can sing, if you know the song, you can sing. But right now I just want you to get into a place where you're just, just listening to God. Close your eyes if you want to so you're not distracted. And I just want the peace of God to come and just wash over you. And if you need to cry, it's okay. And then after that, we're just going to spend some time praying. And um, actually, Thomas, if you want to just, we'll play this through once. And then I'm going to invite Gary and Rob up front. And I know some of you may want to head out. It's Mother's Day. But if any of you do want prayer, the second time the song is played, I'm going to invite you to come up. And in between the song being played, I'm going to, I'm going to do a closing prayer. And you're welcome to just linger because we're going to end early today. I think sometimes it's hard to get quiet, but that's when the restoration happens, is when we're quiet, we breathe, and we just clear our thoughts. I know it can be hard, but just clearing your thoughts and just focusing on him. Okay, Thomas. Cause